prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together to worship you. We pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would reach deep down inside of us, Lord, and that you would open our hearts up to you, that we might receive you today, Lord, and that your word might touch those places in our heart which are so in need of you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all this morning. Well, I have been getting my car ready for wintertime, as of today, right? It's cold out there. And so what do I need to put in my car in the wintertime? Antifreeze, chains, what else? Blanket, that's right, I got one right here. A, A shovel, that's right, I got one of those right here. Because if you've been here for a year, uh, you've probably heard one or two of my sermons about getting stuck in the mountains, right? It happened to me twice last year. In two different cars, I got stuck up there. So I'm thinking of adding some other stuff, too. Maybe like a bag full of sand, you know, that weights down the back of the car, gives you a little traction. But also, you can pour the sand out under your wheels if you need, like, to get, you know, unstuck, things like that. Or, you know, if you want to make a sandcastle, you're really bored and stuck in traffic. (laughs) I was also thinking of maybe some food, some rations, some water, in case I have multiple days up there I'm stuck. Or um, also, my kind of last option was I was thinking about hauling a separate car behind my car. (laughs) Right? So then if mine breaks down, I can pull it out or I can tow it home or get home. What do you think? Well, within reason, preparation makes sense, right? I think the other car is probably not a good idea unless I buy a tow truck, right? So, um, but preparation is essential. I mean, you all know, you go in these mountains, you need to be prepared, don't you? Especially if you're something, someone like me who likes to go up, especially when it's snowing and blowing and nasty up there, you have to be prepared. Otherwise, what can happen? Anyone ever hear of the Donner Party? Right? Things can go terribly wrong. What's that? Weren't they cannibals? Yeah, that's what happened. That's why they got the monument. Being prepared is a concept that you and I know very well, don't we? Living up here in the mountains. We know we need to be ready. We know that when winter comes, it's not a laughing matter. Winter is a serious time. 
And you and I, though we live in nice houses with heat and things like that, when those storms hit, sometimes everything is taken away from us. And all we have is what we've prepared for that situation. Our gospel passage for today comes from the gospel of Mark. And Mark's gospel begins in the neatest way, I think. It says, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. It reminds us that the gospel, at its very core, is good news. The story of Jesus Christ and his redemptive plan is good news for us. And so immediately after this first sentence, it moves into bringing the past into the present. Mark brings us the prophetic words of the prophet Isaiah, and he pulls them into the present day. And he says, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. This messenger will get people ready for the coming of the Messiah. Now, let me give you a little context about how things worked in the first century in Palestine. Right when somebody important was coming to town, who came before them? Anyone know? The herald, right? The messenger, right? They would come beforehand and they would announce, oh, look at, you know, somebody important is coming to town. Anyone notice who came to town before Clint Black last week? Didn't he come last week? Wasn't that him? Yeah, who was there? Anyone's drive by the Holiday Inn? Right? There was a huge van and roadies, right? They all came beforehand to get things ready for Clint, right? So that when he came, things were ready, The stage was set up, everything was prepared, all, everything was set up for the guy. That's how it worked also in the first century. Someone would come before these important people and would announce and prepare the place for them so that that no one was taken by surprise when the important people showed up. John the Baptist was this person for Jesus Christ, but he's nothing like we'd expect. He lives in the wilderness, which... Many important people visit the wilderness, you think? No, not at all. He lives in the wilderness. That's not where we'd expect him to live. We'd expect him to be in Jerusalem in a hotbed of activity. But no, he's out in the wilderness. And he's wearing scratchy camel hair for clothes. And he has a leather belt around his waist. And what is he eating? Locusts and wild honey. Now, there's a lot of fad diets out there. (laughs) But I've never heard of this one. Right? The insect and honey diet is just not a popular one. But that's what John the Baptist was eating. Now, he might not be precisely what we would be looking for when we're thinking of someone to prepare the way for an important person. But out of his mouth come the words of preparation. And John's message is a baptism for the forgiveness of sins. He is proclaiming that the people must repent that they are to confess of their sins and turn away from those sins and to be baptized. That is how the people are to get ready for the coming of the Messiah. Now the remarkable thing is that despite this guy's appearance, despite his location of his ministry, people come out in droves to John the Baptist. They come out and they are baptized by him, confessing their sins and having their lives transformed. Loads and loads of people who wanted to be prepared for the coming of the Messiah and who also wanted to be free from the guilt of their sin. These people knew that his coming, that the coming of the Messiah, would be a serious event and they wanted to get ready for it. Now, to not be ready for the coming of the Messiah would have serious consequences. 
To not be ready for just the coming of a normal, important person could mean that, one, on the easy side, you never saw him or her. You just missed out on that opportunity. You heard it from all your friends at the coffee shop. Or, on the bad side, if a village was not ready for the coming of a really important person, that could mean the end of that village, right? If they were really upset and ticked off at the the welcome they had, sometimes people got so mad that they just raised the whole village. So being ready was important. In the same way, these people who came to John to repent and be baptized came both for the promise of freedom, the promise of seeing the Messiah and being ready for him, but also for the fear of judgment. They knew that to miss the Messiah would be a huge mistake because the Messiah from of old had been prophesied to bring blessings to those who were ready to receive him and judgment to those who were not. Now here we are in the season of Advent, and John calls to us across the millennia, Are you ready? Is your heart prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ? Have you confessed your sins and been baptized? The reality is, is that Jesus Christ has come. And therefore, when any one of us confesses our sins and puts our trust in the risen Lord Jesus Christ, he comes and he dwells within us. But we're also looking forward to his second coming. And John points us in that direction as well. He warns us that when Christ returns, there will be no more time left. That our hearts must be ready. That Jesus Christ must already reign inside of us so that we can be found prepared. John's message is to be prepared. Because the time will come when there is no more time to get ready. There is no more time to prepare. You and I know what this is all about. Living around here, we know it is the same thing with the snow. We know exactly how it works when winter comes. We have to be ready. Sure, we can sneak up into the mountains a few times and be fine, especially if you're not like me. If you avoid the storms, if you avoid the snow, you can get up there. You can go to Reno and back with no problem. But if you do it enough times, the time is going to come when you get a flat tire or your engine cuts out, or your battery dies. And you're going to need those supplies. And when that time comes, if you're not ready, there's no running to the store to go get what you need. It's too late at that point. You already need to have prepared yourself. Because at that point, it's too late to prepare. So this Advent, are we prepared? Have we looked at our lives and shed the guilt that weighs us down by confessing those sins to God? Have we turned to Jesus Christ in faith and sought to follow him as our Lord and Savior? The cross stands as a testament to the need for, of every one of us to be forgiven. It reveals to us our inability to heal ourselves, and it reminds us that we all need to be rescued. And so today... Let us turn to Jesus Christ and be forgiven of our sins so that God's grace might rule in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask that you would prepare us. Lord, that you would make us ready for your return. Lord, we 
We confess, Lord, that we are broken and hurting people. We have done things, Lord, that we are ashamed of. And we turn those things over to you, Lord, and ask that you would forgive us. Fill us with a deep and abiding faith in you, that we might trust you in the hard times and in the good times. Lord, and we pray that our lives might be redeemed. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.